All right, shellac and vinyl, we're here again. I'm Guy. I'm Chip. We're here to bring you, uh, plus or minus, an hour of uh, just all sorts of diverse music, uh, all based upon, well, not all, but primarily based upon uh, some records I picked up on a recent trip that I took to the Alamo Bowl to see my beloved Washington State Cougars beat Iowa State in the Alamo Bowl. And as uh, I was able to fit in a little bit of record hunting and came up with quite a few records, uh, some of which we'll be playing tonight. And as our listeners know, the overwhelming majority of our musical inventory is Guy Beckett's record collection, which is constantly growing by leaps and bounds. So what we probably should do, and we haven't revisited this before we begin our show, This, the basic premise of the show is recent acquisitions, lost and found, uh, somebody lost them, and I found them. And so that's the lost and found part. Uh, what the premise of the show is, is we're playing records from our collection that are either shellac or vinyl. And shellac would include 78s, and 78s are sometimes on vinyl, but not very often. And vinyl also includes LPs and 45s. Uh, like Chip just said, um, most of these records, probably like 95 to 99%, are from <laughs> closer to 99.9. We've done this for two <laughs> two years now, just about. We've had this is our I think our 14th show or maybe 15th. I don't know. I've lost track. But uh, we've played a couple songs from Chip's records. That's true. Yeah. So Ma- maybe three, Ma- maybe four. <laughs> so we can't really say that it's 100% me, but it is you know by and large my records but chip uh does the production and he runs the board and he does the editing and posts this stuff up on itunes and on our website so chip uh, has about a 50 percent uh blame for whatever gets played just as much as i do we make a good pair yes we do good pair of lost souls and found apparently yes so one thing we haven't been telling people lately is that we have all of our shows available for streaming at our website, shellacandvinyl.com. All one word, shellacandvinyl.com. No ampersand. No ampersand. No ampersand. You can't use those types of symbols in your... Uh, Internet. In your uh, web page or addresses. Which is... And we have to make sure we, we clarify that if you go and look for the, the, uh, the podcast on iTunes, Shellac and Vinyl... You'll find it, but shellac is one word, amp, ampersand and, and then vinyl. So shellac, ampersand, vinyl, shellac and vinyl. That's the podcast on iTunes. And you do have to look for it. It's not going to come up in the in the music database. No, we need more people to do reviews and shares and there have more listens. And then by that time, when people do that, then... So we're counting on you. So share, review, uh, write us a comment. We have a comment board on our... Uh, on our website if you like the show write a comment we're getting an awful lot of spam and we'd rather get like listeners comments so uh why don't we begin our show chip i think we should all right uh enough of this babble and babble 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 on babble on all right we're gonna start with uh a v disc by uh and a v disc is a 78 that was um they were done on they were 12 inches so the size of an LP, but they were 78s, and they were done on a kind of vinyl. They weren't shellac. They were manufactured by the United States government during World War II, 
and then shipped overseas for our servicemen and women to whatever regard. The V for victory. Yes, and they were shipped over, and, and uh, they had quite an array of, of artists. This one is by a blues artist named Dr. Clayton, and it is called Pearl Harbor Blues. Take it away. So we're going to have to do this a little different than normal. Lately, we've been uh, playing blocks of like four, and we're going to try to do that again tonight. But because most of the records that I picked up on the trip were 78s, I've got to like take them off and put them back on. Plus, I wanted to um, talk about what I'm planning on doing with this next little set. Uh, They're all 78s. There's three of them. We're going to start off with a guy named Emmett Miller, and Emmett Miller uh, was a he was a blackface 
performer in the 20s. Um, so we're just going to go with offending everybody tonight. Right. Yes. We, we, we didn't mean to offend with the, with the Japanese. I think what Guy's alluding to is, as he well knows, while he was in San Antonio shopping for records, I was visiting Japan. <laughs> Which, and in fact, brought him back well, some and, vinyl, which we might hear a little bit later. We are going to play a couple cuts from records that my great friendship brought back to me from Japan. I had no expectation at all that he was going to do that, and he brought back three incredible records, two of which will be we are planning on playing cuts from tonight. But I did want to move into this this little discussion about so blackface, the blackface performer vaudevillian Emmett Miller. Um, I, I hate to just say it was the time and that was the way it was. I mean, his band was called the Georgia Crackers. So, uh, you know, it's very, very South-centric, Dixie-centric. But it's interesting because, uh, you know, he he was... Um, and I'm sorry, what time did you say this was? 20s. 20s. So, so he was a precursor to one of the greatest artists of all time, Jimmy Rogers. Uh, his vocal mannerisms kind of begat Jimmy Rogers, and then Jimmy Rogers begat Hank Williams. Now, we're not going to play any Hank Williams tonight because I didn't pick up any Indian sound tone, but we are going to play Emmett Miller. Then we're going to play some Jimmy Rogers, which I picked up there. So our and, listeners can pick up the the legacy here. Yes, and then we are going to conclude this little set with by a by with a tribute record to Hank Williams done by a guy named Jimmy Jimmy Logsdon. From... Did you uh, acquire Mr. Logston in San Antonio? Yes, I did. Okay. So it's it's all perfect, and so all we're right. gonna run. So there will be a little gap between the the songs, just because we're we're taking one seventy eight off the turntable and putting another one on instead of moving from a forty. Except, of course, I edit all those out. Oh well, then we don't. Never mind. No gaps. Sweep, sweep. <laughs> Here we go. Emmett Miller playing the blues singer. Now I have to say. On the flip side, which it actually is a better representation of his vocal style, um, the the name of the song is is uh, offensive, and so we're not going to. So play we're that. not going to play the offensive. No, we're not going to play the offensive song. We're going to play. The, In fact, we could have gotten away with probably not even explaining blackface, but but you wanted to be true. No, I, this is it's important to understand. Yeah. The the progression, I think, really. Sure. Okay, so it's the blues singer by Emmett Miller. There he is, boy, you're drunk again, ain't you? Man, I, I ain't drunk. I'm a man was in bad shape. I feel bad. I need, I need me some help. You're always drunk. Yeah. I took you down to that ball last night. What'd you do? You got drunk? Yeah, I got drunk. You give me the liquor, didn't you? How you take me to stay sober? So you started home in your car. You was going 75 miles an hour. Is that all I was doing? Certainly, and you hit that old man and knocked him plumb down the middle of the road. Yeah, I know. Didn't you hear me tell you to give him the right of way? What's that? I said give him the right of way. Is that what you said? Certainly. <laughs> man, I know you said get him right away. Don't say a word, till you have a singing that song out of that. I'm here to speak, he sure is great, then you hear him use the lamb. He's got a ring, blue and strange, he can sing in every key. Don't say a word, till you have a improvement jazz and melody. He starts off, out of a home, no more, no, 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 no,
between midnight and dawn A big blue car was rolling Its wheels, they hummed a song The headlights shone out through the night The light, the road so steep While in the back Hank Williams lay In a deep and dreamless sleep He was heading for Ohio The play I show next day Cause thousands there were waiting To hear him sing and play A chauffeur reached into the back And shook the sleeping man He said, wake up Wake up, my friend, and took him by the hand. He tried to wake him up again, then rushed him into town. But the doctor said, too late, too late, he's gone to a better land. Lost our greatest folk song star This world has ever known But though he's gone on to his rest His songs live on and on He wrote songs about the Bible And songs about the hills His songs about the lonesome blues They gave the world a thrill He left us songs of sadness And songs for lovers too We'll never forget him though he's gone. Hank Williams, here's to you. So that was our kind of our anthropological essay for the night. We started off with Emmett Miller, whose Wikipedia page says his music is a link between old time southern music minstrel minstrel. C, minstrel C, jazz and western swing. And then we went to Jimmy Rogers, who Emmett Miller clearly uh, influenced, and then we ended up with uh, the tribute to Hank by a guy named Jimmy Logsdon. Well, that Jimmy Rogers song, I mean, the clarinet in there really sounded New Orleans to me. I mean, it was just, it was a slowed, slowed Dixie jazz. Well, <laughs> but, you know, Jimmy Rogers uh, was, was kind of, that, he, he collected musical styles and incorporated them into his music. I mean, one of his songs, one of the Blue Yodels, I think Blue Yodel 8 or 9, had Louis Armstrong playing cornet on it. So, I mean, he was uh, a, a trailblazer mm. as far as 
incorporating different kinds of music into his into his presentation. You know, and, and you have to remember, we've talked about Vernon Dalhart in the past. Well, Jimmy Rogers was only just a handful of years following Vernon Dalhart's, you know, emergence as a popular singer and somebody who was was selling records to the masses, but it was he Vernon Dalhart was was appealing to that southern that southern uh uh consumer. Mm-hmm. The the same kind of consumer that later would 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 uh enjoy Jimmy Rogers records. So just think of the the change in how the music had changed from from Vernon Dalhart's records about, you know, the wreck of the old 97 or what you know we played before to Jimmy Rogers doing all this stuff with incorporating jazz and swing into his music. It's pretty incredible, really. Yeah, no, great progression. Yeah. Well, so we're going to we're going to leave the 78 realm for just a bit and this is just a note later we're going to be playing some more 78s and these are so old that they are not in great fidelity they the the uh the victrolas kind of dug up a lot of these records but they're playing and they're old so that's and they're good that's the thing and they're they're incredible artists we're going to be playing some some uh, early blues singers later but right now we're going to we're going to play a later blues artist that was brought back from Japan to me We're going to be playing something from Howlin' Wolf.
Lord, when you're pleading my case, she want him under alimony. She want him under alimony. Don't set no bail, give him 30 days in jail. She want him under alimony. The monkey walking coat looking Monkey took the stand. She want him under alimony. She want him under alimony. Don't set no bail. Give him 60 days in jail. She want him under alimony. She looked at the jury right dead in the eye. Even the judge began to cry. Round her head, she had tied a rag of silk. She said, My daughter needs shoes. And my baby needs milk She want him under alimony She want him under alimony Don't set no bail Give him 90 days in jail She want him under alimony Billy jumped up and began to shout Man, let me tell you what it's all about You convicted man and it's plain to see You got to serve your time and you can't get free She want him under alimony She want him under alimony Don't set no bail Give him lifetime in jail She want him under alimony She want him under alimony
Corley family. This is like one of those bizarre stories that <clears throat> you hear about. The Columbia Record Company in the late 1920s had they sent out field recorders to record mu musical acts that were native to that particular like particular area where they sent them. The, the Corley family was apparently from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and uh, there was a field recorder dispatched to there, and uh, they must have done a casting call in the newspaper or the radio or something, and the Corley family showed up. And they, they I think, as far as I know, this is the only record they ever did. And it's uh, it definitely has that uh, Appalachian, West Virginia type of... Uh, gospel sound to it yeah certainly reminds me of the what is it the warbly sisters and brother where art thou <laughs> something like that yeah warbly girls I... uh oh. it's uh that's a pretty cool song it's yeah. kind of haunting in a, in a weird a little bit. way a little bit yeah. yeah yeah we started that off with howlin wolf uh doing just like i treat you from the album rarities from the singles A's and B's, 1951 to 62, and this was brought to me by my good friend Chip from Japan. Uh, it's a great record, and Howlin' Wolf's a favorite of mine. We uh, next moved on to Gus Jenkins, J-I-N-K-I-N-S, on the Flash label from 78. The Flash 78 doing You Told Me. Uh, the flip side was a big hit, an instrumental, but this is kind of like legitimate blues i think it was from an la Los yeah, la record store guy it says only 31 uh platters did he produce so that's one of 31 sweet yeah sweet yeah the the, uh, the flip was um tricky and i think that was kind of like a popular hit you know in that uh you know saxy thing but this was a, more of a bluesy sound i actually picked this one up this is not one that i picked up from san antonio i picked this one up recently in tacoma at a at a record shop that uh, carries some 78s, and I seized upon it. Um, and then finally, we, we did, we did um, before the Corley family, which they did uh, give the world a smile, before that we did Frankie Ford doing alimony on an Ace 45. Now, Ace was a... Under, a under alimony, I believe. But the name of the, the <laughs> name of the record was Alimony. Frankie Ford was the guy that did Sea Cruise, the original version, uh, and it was uh, issued on Ace. I think Ace was a label out of Shreveport, Louisiana. I looked at the label, but it doesn't say it on this this copy. But I think that's what it was. Uh, it had that kind of had that Louisiana sound a little bit to it. Um, we only did four that set. It seemed like we had five. But... Nope. All right. Nope. Nope. Because we got to write them down, folks. We got to report them to our uh, our licensee. Yes. Oh, the license or. Now, uh, the the story about how we came upon this this record 
dig in uh, in San Antonio was kind of amusing. I don't want to take up too much time, but it is just kind of like a, a story of kismet. We were driving from one location to another, and we hadn't had breakfast, and it was getting to be about two o'clock. Hadn't had lunch or breakfast, and we hadn't. And it was getting about two o'clock, and so we pulled off the freeway to to find a taco place, which my wife had determined was off this on off ramp. You were singularly focused on we tacos. Tacos, and she had found because, on because Yelp because I think there was other food about. I you know not much, not much, but well, but. Well, anyway, she she found this place that looked good off Yelp, and we drove off and drove by the place, and it was closed. Oh, no. But there's this big billboard right there that said, Flea Market, open Saturdays and Sundays. And it was like 38 degrees. This was an outdoor flea market. Uh, We spent at least three and a half hours at that flea market, and we found these records. And And never ate. (laughs) Never ate. The guy who owned the little antique (laughs) shop, it was in like a storage facility, basically. Um, he offered us his uh, his little cookies that he had because Heather had told him that we hadn't eaten. <laughs> so we ended up our drive eating his cookies after I bought these records from him. Anyway, uh, I did say earlier that we were going to play some some early blues artists, and and we are. Uh, I want everybody to bear in mind that these are old, early, early. I mean, we're talking like. 20s you know uh and then like i said earlier the victrola kind of dug up the records to find any of these old records like this in in any kind of condition is kind of a uh like manna from heaven these artists that i found are frankly they're incredible artists uh eva taylor and um on on this record that i'm going to play it's called uh picking on your baby uh louis armstrong and clarence williams are sidemen so it's a pretty big deal. It was recorded in 1925 on the OK level label, and we're going to give that a try right now. Let's hear it now. Oh, 
so we ended up that set with uh, Dark Spirit. Yeah, Dark Eyed Woman by Spirit off their Clear album. Are you familiar with the Spirit? No, I just looked them up. Oh, they're cool. They are kind of cool. Yeah, they they uh, they had a big hit. Um, Although they didn't like this album. They didn't. <clears throat> no, they said it was too rushed. I think they were competing with Credence in the sense that uh, I think this album was from 69 or maybe 70, and they had released two albums the previous year and toured. So they said they thought they just didn't have enough time for this album. Sometime we're going to play their, their big single from their previous album. Spirit uh, in the Sky? No, that was Norman, <laughs> that was Norman Greenbaum, actually. <laughs> that, that song's on the uh, <clears throat> Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, by the way. I did not know that. Yes, and I have, that, I have the LP. So the Guardians of the Galaxy no, soundtrack. No, Norman Greenbaum. Okay, of course yeah. you do. Yeah. So, so we should tell people what we played. But I did. This is clear. Was a departure from the prior from the prior song. Remember, there's no format here. That's that's uh, kind of the watchword. Is no two watchwords. No and format. Uh, we started that off with, and I think I mentioned that these were old records. And Eva Taylor, Irene Gibson. Is that her real name? That's her real name. Man, I am so happy that you are doing that, keeping people Married informed. Married Clarence Williams. The the piano player. Who, That's right. Um, Clarence Williams' Washboard 5, I think, was the name of his group. And um, Louis Armstrong was in it for a while. King yeah. Oliver was in it before Louis. Like Sidney Bechet. Something? Was in it, yeah, the yeah. soprano sax player. And he yeah. played on this Eva Taylor, this record. He was on that. She had her own radio show. Eva Taylor Cavalcade in 1929. Yeah, she was uh, she was a big star. Yeah, uh, contemporary of Bessie Smith, uh, Clara Smith, Mamie Smith. You know, you'd... apparently her grandson is an actor, Clarence Williams. The, not... third, the third link from the oh, Mod Squad. Mod Squad. Okay, yes. Clarence Williams the third. Yeah, remember Link? I do, although I can't think of very much else I've ever seen him in. But well, that was a kind of iconic role. It was him and Peggy Lipton, and then the the, the third guy who I don't even know. Peter something. I don't know. I think at least that maybe was his character name for all I know. You know, all you people that are probably younger than fifty don't know who the Mod Squad were. But didn't they no, do there was a, a movie? Re- it was a remake, and it was absolutely horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Kind of like when they redid the Green Hornet and made it a comedy. Ryan Reynolds. No. It w- well, he he might have been, but it was also that... Uh, I'm not going to remember the guy's name. Jackie Chan? He's in a bunch of movies. Um, no, we can look might. that up yep, on another break. Yep. Okay, so let's just go with what we did here. We did Eva Taylor doing Picking on Your Baby on OK78. We followed that up with Mr. Memphis Mini, Black Rat Swing. And we followed that with Mamie Smith, recorded on September 13, 1920, if you can believe that. And that uh, that record was actually in pretty good shape. Yeah. Uh, Fair, Fair the Honey Blues. Um, then we uh, we segued out of And which the, of these were San Antonio acquisitions? All, all three of those. All three? Eva Taylor. But not Spirit. Spirit, I got in Tacoma. Of course you did. <laughs> Just last week, actually. Maybe even shorter than last week. Last weekend, uh, in the two for five dollar pile. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's a good album too. Who'd have thought Spirit would be in the two for five dollar pile? Uh, and then we, okay, so then that's what we did. Um, we need. I said, um, we shouldn't do that. We need to 
continue on because we don't have a lot more time into this hour format. And then I've talked a whole bunch of this. this it time. flies by. Yeah, it does. Uh, we've we've had a lot of information to bestow. Yeah, and I'm kind of excited about the big find. You know, the finding the Mamie Smith and the Eva Taylor, and the Corley the Corley family. Those to me, those are that's a big deal. You know, so I'm kind of excited about it. I got to tell people. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we, but I'm one thing I'm not above doing is playing a novelty song. No, you're definitely not above that. And so we're gonna play a novelty song. The name of the novelty song is "And the Great Big Saw Came Nearer and Nearer," and it's that's by, a long title by Lynn Martin and the Mary Max. <laughs> Now I am a sawmill proprietor. And I'm Vera, a maid yet unkissed. One evening I winked my good eye at her. But I said, nay, nay, sir, she said. So I dragged her into the sawmill for a wet. I took off my belt and strapped her to the bench. And the great big saw came nearer and nearer and nearer and nearer and nearer. Be my wife or you will be cut in two. Said the villain to poor little Vera. You do your work, and you cut me in twain. The angels will stick me together again. And the great big song came nearer and nearer and nearer and nearer and nearer. Now the villain, the sawmill proprietor, heard her screaming there fit to bust. So what did he do just to quiet her? I filled up her mouth with sawdust. She looked like a lovely white dollar in two, and chuck full of sawdust she felt like one too. And the great big song My wife, or you will be cut in two. Said the villain to poor little Vera. But I'm sure you, you brute, though you've money in bank. I wouldn't wed you if you cut me in twice. And the great big saw came nearer and nearer and nearer and nearer and nearer. Woo-hoo, look who's here. I'm young Rancher Jim. I'm a sweetheart of early sheep shearer. I've arrived just in time, so hands up, you big gig. And the big saw comes nearer and nearer. But the villain has used himself trapping her down. So when he throws his hands up, his trousers fall down. And the big saw comes nearer and nearer. Who are you? I'm the old undertaker with tape. For a coffin, I'll measure you, Vera. Oh, thank you. Would you like it in elm or in oak? And the big saw comes nearer and nearer. Oh, but can nothing say that he's young and so fair? I think it means curtains for Vera. Well, why don't you turn the machinery off, you fool? Oh, say, that's a ducky idea. And the saw no more comes.
mother was going to town. Sing away, lady, sing away. Riding Billy Goat and leading a hound. Sing away, lady, sing away. Hound dog bark, Billy Goat jump. Sing away, lady, sing away. Throw my brother right over that stone. Sing away, lady, sing away. Don't you rock me, daddy oh. 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 Well, my old auntie promised me. Sing away, lady, sing away. When she dies, she'd will to me. Sing away, lady, sing away. Why'd you live so long? Heck, I'm bald. Sing away, lady, sing away. Why'd you got out the notion and dine at all? Sing away, lady, sing away. Don't you rock me, Danny O. 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 ended that up with Lonnie Donegan, uh, a skiffle artist out of England that was a big, big uh, influence on John Lennon. That one was... I think he might have done an album with uh, Van Morrison. Lonnie Donegan? Yeah. I don't know that. Maybe yeah. maybe so. Don't You Rock Me, Daddy-O. From the mid-50s, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, I think I might have it. Really? Yeah. Well, that sounds cool. Uh, like you know, the, the, there was this skiffle craze. They yep. they referred to the skiffle craze, and that's why John Lennon began playing the guitar. And, and Jimmy Page started as a skiffle Is that uh, right? phenom. Yeah, and Lonnie Donegan. You know, every once in a while he put out a a, a song. One, one of his big hits was a novelty song. If your chewing gum loses its flavor overnight, something like that. On the bedpost overnight. Yeah, yeah. Don't leave your Don't, gum on the bedpost overnight. Yeah, right. That's what it was. That's what it was. All right, so let's um, let's catch up with what we played. We started off with the misogynist novelty song <laughs> by Lynn Martin and the Mary Max, and the great big saw came nearer and nearer. And I was really struck by how cheerful they were about this really brutal scene. Yeah, but, you know, it's like, remember Dudley Do-Right, the guy with the hat? Well, the, the, the tall, the bad. Da, but da, those are cartoons. Well, this is you a, can you can do a lot with a cartoon because, of course, you know, in cartoons, like people get squashed and come back to life. Well, all right, and in novelty songs too, I guess. <laughs> there you go. We followed that up with the flares doing foot stomping, part one. That's a forty-five, and I do want to point out that I did bring two forty-fives home from San Antonio, and we've played them both. The uh, the Frankie Ford alimony song and the the flares doing foot stomping are, or foot, foot stomping yes, uh, legitimate San Antonio finds. All right. And then Lonnie Donegan, a uh, '78 in out of San out of San Antonio also. So we're about to the end of our time, or sharing our time with the the people tonight. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna close it up here pretty soon. Do you have anything you want to talk about before we? Before we say do our goodbyes, 
Well, the the whole skiffle thing was kind of an intro, as as you, you pointed out. The uh, spirit was involved with the Led Zeppelin copyright case. That was that's right, and um, and uh, we are gonna after we shut off the the whole setup, we're gonna listen to the song that um okay so those of you who don't know probably people don't know because we we are like talking on the stuff we already know people True. don't know that let stairway to heaven has the particular riff uh on the acoustic guitar uh that is that, the opening progression yeah which is you know iconic anyway so it it was based at least allegedly on an opening uh so spirit was touring in the 68, 69, and Zeppelin was their opening band, mm, mm. where they say Jimmy Page heard Randy California, the writer from Spirit of the song Taurus, Taurus which has this a progression. very similar acoustic progression at the beginning of the song. One might say is almost copied uh, note for note. One might say that. But they had a court case. We and, don't really and, know the outcome. And Zeppelin of the court won, case. but we see some reference that maybe that was overturned, and it may still be live. So, so maybe we'll someday we can play that for our listeners versus Stairway to so Heaven. You decide, and you can decide. You can do your comments and vote. Let us finish up for the night, though, uh, with another one of the wonderful albums that Chip brought back to his good friend Guy uh, from Japan. The LP is Cannonball Adderley, Swinging in Seattle. And I don't think that I had ever mentioned this to Chip, but I, I, um, I'm I a huge Cannonball Adderley fan, and, and it's kind of surprising uh, looking back on our playlist for the last two years that I've never played any Cannonball Adderley. But uh, Cannonball Adderley was kind of my introduction to jazz saxophone artists. Uh, I actually saw him when I was about... 12 or 13 years old live in a bar in Vancouver, Canada for some reason. I don't know how I got in. Because that's the only place you got into bars when you're 12 or 13. It's bizarre. I, the story is pretty bizarre. Just kind of a crazy story. I was no more than like 10 feet away from him. It was, and he he was my, my idol, you know. Uh, and I have several of his albums. This one is, uh, this was one that is, uh, I think it was issued kind of late in the game maybe like a couple years ago somebody found some old some old tapes and they uh they put together a record and and we're gonna play a cut from it it's uh it's um somewhere the 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 song from uh west side story and uh cannonball does just a phenomenal job he it's it was taped live at a a bar in seattle called the penthouse in 1966 and that's it for our show. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you uh, didn't mind the talking so much, because I know you—you you know you come for the music, but you stay for the talking, right? No, wait. Point, quite possible. <laughs> okay, we're signing off, except for this last Cannonball song. See you I'm later. Chip. I'm Guy. See you next time. We're going to play a tune now that. Um... I just thought about playing. You see, this afternoon we had an opportunity to play for a lot of young people at the youth center under the supervision of the King County Juvenile Court, you know. Uh, it's kind of an interesting thing, though, because a lot of kids are not sure about where they belong. And um, some of us sometimes share that feeling. You know, we're not quite convinced. So we're going to play this beautiful tune written by Leonard Bernstein. 
because I've been thinking a bit about that. It's called, There's a Place for Us, Somewhere, Somewhere.
Thank you.